Welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. Lydia and Finn here, as always. And today, we're very, very excited to be joined by a special guest and a friend of mine, Mandalay, founder of Magic Earth Cacao. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Mm. Forgive, forgive my bedroom in the background. I feel like very, <laughs> I feel very not with it for Zoom. Um, well, with some, something we talk about a lot is how ceremony can happen in any setting. Setting is exactly. how you make it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, cacao is kind of cozy, right? So yeah. being in the bedroom seems appropriate, in fact, for cacao, especially mm. since we're doing this podcast in mm. up to Valentine's Day yeah. and this celebration of love and romance and mm. aphrodisiac qualities of cacao. And that's kind of why we wanted to talk to you. So I think it feels appropriate that you're in the bedroom. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I did start in my bed right over there, but the lighting wasn't good enough. So <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do everything really important. My bed is like my nest you know mm. it's that is where I do like most of these talks and a lot of my work from so yeah you're right leading up to Valentine's Day it is such in bed with Mandalay yeah nice that is good yeah, yeah. It should be your podcast in bed with Mandalay. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so um thank you so much for joining us I'm so excited that you were able to do this because when we were trying to decide who we wanted to get on to talk about cacao in advance of Valentine's Day we were trying to think about all these different people that we knew who did cacao but I was Madeline, Madeline, mm, she's yeah. one. Um, and I think mainly because we really wanted someone who is really authentic, who has this really authentic journey with cacao, and also who really understands the ceremony and the roots and the history of this thing. And, and you make your own beautiful cacao as well, which you can talk to us about. So can you tell us maybe to start with, how did you discover cacao? What was your intro to cacao and how did it affect you personally that made you want to go on this journey? Okay, well, it's it's big and it's long, so I'm going to try to make it succinct. Um, my very first time that I tried Ceremony Cacao, I was in Ireland, actually, near the Hill of Slane with a very good friend of mine. Everyone finds it interesting that I was introduced to cacao in Ireland. Mm -hmm. It happened in 2018 when Ceremony Cacao really wasn't known about in Ireland. Um, less the world. The world was just really starting to get to know about Ceremony Cacao and we know even more about it now since the pandemic. And that's something we can talk about. But yes, my first time trying ceremonial cacao was in Ireland. Um, and I had worked with other plant medicines before ceremonial cacao. I had worked with ayahuasca and wachuma, um, rape, lots of other ancient plants that have really healing properties. But they tended to be, or they tend to be, um, a little harsher in their experience, a little more deeper for sure on a physical level and the integration time that you need after working with these plants and the preparation before working with these plants um, is something that I was really surprised you don't need with ceremonial cacao. I learned in my first experience, you can have a really deep blissful internal experience and connection to nature and others um like spontaneously there's really you don't need to put you don't need to go on a diet plan you don't need to do you don't need to make sure that you have like perfect sleep for six days I don't know this might not mean anything to you guys but when you're working with some other plants like you've heard about dietas and there's a lot of rules to make sure you're doing it right the thing that was amazing about ceremonial cows like you can just have a cup you can reap those benefits and then it's very easy to integrate what you've learned and received into your daily life. So I was 
super touched by this and like couldn't believe it. And I felt like everyone in Ireland needed to know about this because um, go ahead. So, so when you say you were super touched by it, like what was the effect for you, your first time engaging with cacao as a medicine? Like what was the experience? What was your, what was your felt experience of it? What was the change? What was the shift? Um, I was with two friends. We were out in nature, laying in the grass. It was a sunny day for Ireland, you know, some clouds coming in. And my friend who was guiding us said, let's just, just lie down in the grass and just let's feel ourselves connect to nature, connect to the elements. Let's be in silence. Like, you know, we don't have to talk right now. Let's just, you know, reap the benefits of this medicine. And I'm like, chocolate, dude. Okay. <laughs> you know, like how, how great can it be? And I'm like, but I'll do it. Like, I love meditation and I'm on this healing journey. I'm learning about spirit, connecting to the land of Ireland, the spiritual land of Ireland. So I did. And just lying there, I don't know. I, I really felt one with the earth, with the grass and the soil beneath me. The sun felt more powerful, but not in a hot way, in an energizing way. Like I could really feel the the spiritual energy of the sun, that uh, yang energy. Um, and I could feel the yin energy of the cool earth beneath me. I felt very close to my two friends who were quite new friends to me. I didn't know them that well, or I hadn't known them for very long. Mm -hmm. But in this experience with the cacao, I felt like I knew them forever. Like they were best friends forever. Mm -hmm. um, and we must have lied in silence, maybe a little giggle here and there probably about an hour or so and then when we decided to start talking again it was just I don't know it's hard to say it was a blissful experience like I definitely felt this heart opening I definitely felt a lightness in my body um and just a lightness in my feeling about the world and about others I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I know I'm not the only one because I've guided so many people through ceremony indoors and outdoors, and everyone kind of comes away saying the same thing in the end, like whatever's happening during the ceremony can be lots of things. But in the end, when it's over, it's like there's this overarching sense of bliss, calm, everything's going to be okay. Mm. And yeah. everything yeah. is okay. And so then you're like, what was your journey back to discover this again or to like deepen your experience with it? And, and where did obviously the brand come from? Like, what was the what was the next step? Because for most people, they would have it like we've had cacao ceremony, you know, once or twice a year, enjoy it, do other things. And but for you, it really obviously connected with you so strongly that it became like a lot of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I was heading to Peru with a few other people um, to work with ancient plants. And I said, I need to meet, um, I need to meet the cacao plant. I need to learn about cacao um, before I can start sharing her with others. And I didn't even know that I was necessarily gonna do that. I was just like, I need to know why this plant works like this mm. and I'm imagining it, or, you know, is this something that I can share with others? Um, Cause I did. I, I just, I had that thought in my mind, everyone in Ireland needs to have access to this type of healing, simple healing process through just a drink of tasty chocolate, 
flavors. Um, even though it's not chocolate, we can talk about that. Um, so yeah, I like, I, I looked online, I called different tourist agencies. It wasn't like easy to just find a, a family that farms cacao to go and learn from. Um, but I, I just kept trying. And once I got over there, I found a gentleman whose family lived in the jungle. So I was in the Cusco Valley um, in PSAC, which is where our Peruvian cacao is processed. Um, and he said, my family actually lives next door to a cacao farmer in the jungle. Um, I can talk to him and see like, if you, if you'll have to pay money, but I can bring you to him. It'll be like an eight hour drive up through the mountains and wow. it will be however, much, however many dollars. And I said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I really need to know about this. And I'm here in this country um, where cacao, it's, it's her origin land. So um, I went to meet this family. They didn't speak any English. Their Spanish was even limited. I'm fluent in Spanish, which made this journey easier, but they, their Spanish was even limited. They spe spoke Quechuan. So I needed him to translate for me. Um, and there with them, I learned all about how to grow cacao. I learned how to process the beans. I wish I had a pod with me, but you can't get mm -hmm. them out of out of the jungle customs and all that. And it would it would die. Um, but I learned how to, you know, take the pods off of the tree how to chop them open, how to pull out the seeds, if you will, that are covered in this white gelatinous um, material that is really sour and sweet and delicious. It's like having a little gummy, you can suck the stuff off. You take all those beans, you put them in a vat, you leave them, cover them with banana leaves, you leave them to ferment for three to five to 10 days, the longer the better. Then you take, take them out, you toast them on an open fire, and then you put them in a mill, you grind them up, out comes this paste, do this, boom, you let it dry overnight and you've got a block of cacao. I wish I had one right here. I didn't know it would be in video, but there you have it. So we learned all of that from them and how to make it into a drink by using, they use water, they use the cinnamon leaf. I don't know if you guys have ever had cinnamon leaf, um, but it's a very Oh, what? yes, in the jungle in Costa Rica, I have. Incredible, right? Yeah, weird. Yeah. It's it's a totally different flavor from cinnamon bark, which is, you know, mm. the bark from the tree, not the leaf. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of salt and sugar. And it was the most delicious thing ever. Oh. Um and and that was that. So um where I was living in PSAC was with a gentleman who also had a cacao farm. It wasn't his farm that that I learned on. Um, and I tried his cacao and I became very close with the family while I was there. Um, and since after, and he, um, I said, you know, I'd like to buy a few of your bars of cacao to bring back to Ireland with me when I go. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure, of course. Um, oh, going back, when I was on the cacao farm, learning with the family, um, for me, it was really important to get permission from the spirit of the cacao plant to bring her back to Ireland and share with other people. And I was very prepared to hear the answer, no, I would have been fine with that. Um, so I sat under the tree, not too close to it because as you know, probably from Costa Rica, the jungle floor is like covered in ants and crawly things and the trees are covered in crawly things. So there's no like sitting and meditating on the floor in the jungle, right? So I'm like 
as kind of as close to the tree as I can be like, you know, how do I, like, I want to hug, but how do I do this? And anyways, I sat there, I meditated or stood there, meditated, asked for permission specifically to bring ceremony cacao back to Ireland. And the answer was yes. And I was like, awesome. Didn't know I still was, if I was going to do it, I didn't know where to buy cacao or have it. This family that I learned from, um, unfortunately they were part of a collective, a government collective that required them to give all of their beans to the government collective um, for big cacao. Um, yeah, and it's and it's quite sad because what he was explaining to me at that time, I know you guys are into to this this side of things. He was explaining to me at that time. So there's one really cool thing um, about the cacao tree. Um, it only produces fruit twice per year, right? Um, which is really neat. Um, and after planting a cacao plant, the tree, it takes, God, it's like five or six years before the first fruit will grow, right? So this is part of the experience of working with ceremonial cacao that I think really connects us back to nature and the plant and that slowing down within ourselves. Like the plant itself takes five years to produce anything. Like we as humans, how much time are we given to produce stuff? Like if you have a boss, if your boss says like, no one's given you five years to do anything, you know? <laughs> um, like everything is like this in our society. So I think that's the first aspect of why ceremony of cacao in working with this plant helps us to connect inward and slow down. Cause this is exactly what the plant is doing. She's growing real slow. And then she's only given us two harvests per year. Right. Um, so there is, there's enough ceremony cacao for everyone who's using it right now, but there is this sense that she is a limited resource, you know, and she needs to be respected, farmed properly um, so that we can keep her on planet earth. Um, but going back to that, what I learned was that these, these government agencies and these collectives, um, they're creating hybrid plants. And these hybrid cacao plants are already out there. A lot of our um, commercial cacao and commercial chocolate are coming from hybrid plants. And they create these plants to be resistant to um, predators, um, you know, insects and diseases. And also so that they can harvest the plants more than twice a year, so that they can harvest them three to four <clears throat> times per year, maybe more. And this is really interfering with the natural process of Mother Earth. And I don't know, perhaps the energy of the plant. I haven't worked with, with hybrid plants because they're not ceremonial grade. So anyways, little tangent there into the... So, so ceremonial grade denotes a single species plant. So does it? So like, as I understand it, like, so we would have some good chocolate in our shop. Um, yeah. Pura porcelana from Peru. We have some Cusco Chuncho actually, um, 100%. And those, as I understand, are some of the very few non-hybridized because cacao loves to hybridize, right? Look, it'll just cross pollinate like crazy. It's like apple trees. Like you'll find different varieties of cacao in a single tree, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. but when this, I, I feel when this is happening naturally, that's mother nature doing her thing. But yes. when government agencies come in to like the family that I worked with that are, they're, they're really poor. You know, they're not getting enough money for that cacao that they're, they're giving to. Giving 
Um, yeah. Okay. So I don't yeah. know. When, when, when the humans are interfering with the pollination process and creating hybrids for the purpose of producing more, for the purpose of interfering with the plant's natural process, which is meant to be slow, um, I think that's a yeah. problem. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, and that's definitely would not be ceremonial grade. Yeah. Um, um, and Madeleine, when you were with the family or when you were with either of the families um, learning about the cacao, did you learn a lot about the indigenous roots of how cacao, what cacao means to them, how they would have used it in ceremony, its history, that kind of stuff? Yeah, not so much in Peru. Um, but more so in Guatemala, when I was in Guatemala working with the Rukushuea Women's Collective. And mm. the reason I didn't in Peru is I think I was working on so many other things. Again, like I said, I wasn't positive. I, I had no idea that I was gonna grow a business. Um, when I was thinking of bringing cow to Ireland, like, you know, you have these big ideas, but they just seem like a little dream or it's just mm. like a little imaginary thing. Like, oh, what if that happened? And then you just kind of forget about it. <laughs> Right. It was one of those types of things. I, I didn't have a plan or a timeline or anything. I was just like, I really feel like people in Ireland need to have access to this. I'm going to, I would like to help bring it here, but I had no plan to do that. I didn't know for sure that I was going to, I was on, I was like in the jungle, man. I was on a journey. I didn't really know for sure. I would even get back to Ireland. Do you know? Um, I was going wherever the medicine took me. So, um, so yeah, I didn't probe a lot of questions. Um, about the history there. I've learned a lot since. And the other thing is um, these families I worked with, they're not really historians they're themselves. They're mm. not really educated people. Um, they've lost a lot in, um, in their history. Um, the same way that has happened in Ireland with Ireland's ancient history being completely overshadowed by Christianity. Like we're getting, we're getting really deeply reconnected now, but there was a lot of years in the history of Ireland, just like in the history of Central and South America, where um, when Christianity and the Europeans went over there, they overtook a lot. And a lot of the history has been forgotten or yeah. is just not talked about or touched on anymore. Um, so when I did, I do remember when I did ask a little bit about that, I didn't get very many answers. And like I said, I, I didn't really need to know either. It didn't matter to me. I knew that this medicine worked. I knew these were good people. I knew it was farmed well, and I was happy. Um, yeah. but where I learned a lot more was from the Rukushle Women's Collective in Guatemala and they got Titlan, Guatemala. And this is where a large amount of the world's ceremonial cacao comes from. Many brands, um, come out of Legatitlan, Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And that's like Keith's cacao is from there as well, isn't it? Is that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. absolutely. And, um, rest in peace. Keith, he has recently left us, which is, yeah, really big in the ceremony cacao world because he was like, you know, whatever. Some people don't like him because he was a white man, you know, bringing out ceremony cacao, and it should have. Some people might think it should have been the indigenous people who were bringing that to the world, but he had access. He had a channel to the Western world, and he re he brought ceremony cacao back into the light. You know, in the 17th century, when European colonization happened, the sacred origins of cacao were kind of forgotten. The spiritual aspects of cacao were kind of forgotten. Cacao was used by noblemen, by the clergy, by royalty. 
and by commoners in um, in celebrations and for special occasions and for connection to mother nature. After European colonization in the 17th century, cacao beans were either, whatever story you wanna believe, either they were traded to the Europeans or the Europeans took them to Europe, whichever it was, commercial chocolate was born. We started mixing it with milk mm -hmm. and sugar and other things. Um, cocoa, processed cocoa was created for the British army. Um, you know, it, I won't go into the process of it, but you know, adding sugar to it and they were using it as an energy drink. So mm -hmm. in this process of Europeans taking cacao um, to Europe and creating these other things, chocolate basically, processed cacao like you get in Tesco's or super value and um, it's mixed with sugar and highly processed and uh, commercial chocolate. Like I think Cadbury's, no, Nestle was the first or Lint. Mm. I can't remember. I have it documented and it's documented. And if you want to go look at the history of chocolate, you can find it on the internet, simple and easy. But when that yeah. happened, we forgot about the sacred origins. And mm. he, bless him, brought it back in the limelight. Mm. And so can you can you tell us some of the ceremonial uses, how it would have been then versus today and why people might be interested? So people listening who are like, well, this sounds really curious and it sounds really fascinating. How how do we connect to that ceremony? Why would we be interested in connecting to the ceremony as opposed to just having a cup of cacao? Yeah, so there's this is also a misconception. So the way that ceremonial cacao was used by the indigenous people and still is, the cacao was an addition to whatever other ceremony they were having. Mm -hmm. So there was never ceremonies just worshiping the cacao plant. Having the cacao plant and sharing her was like an addition to, like in Mayan tradition, the, the Fuego Sagrado, the sacred fire ceremony is really, really big for them. And they can do many things in these ceremonies. Um, a big part of it always is connecting to mother nature and to the elements. And they consider the spirit of the cacao plant um, to be just that, a spirit, a goddess, an energy that they can connect with and tap into um, for spiritual guidance and healing. Mm -hmm. So traditionally that's how ceremonial cacao is used. Now in modern times, you will see ceremonial cacao used in various ways, connected with sound healing, connected with ecstatic dance, um, connected with Reiki healing, um, connected with yoga. You know, people are incorporating ceremony cow into lots of different practices. And um, some, and this would be more in line with the traditional, right? Incorporate the cacao into this other ceremony that we're holding as she's like a support to it. Mm -hmm. um, do now modernly have ceremonies that are focused just on the cacao plant. These would be the type of ceremonies that I would have been holding myself um, and seeking guidance from the spirit of cacao, like coming together in a group um, to connect. Usually like what I found in, in my ceremonies is that people were coming there for themselves. They didn't know that they were seeking connection to their community and to others, um, but they'd learn throughout the process that they were really happy that that happened and they needed it. But most people come to ceremony looking for some clarity, looking for some self-care, some time to just like 
be away from the kids or the family or work or whatever. Um, and then while they're there, they usually get a lot more than what they're expecting to get. Yeah, but like anything, I think that gives us that uh, suggestion, like little beckoning, little like invitation inwards in this day and age of like everything being outwards is such an important thing. I think, yeah, cacao, like having been kind of like, you know, enjoying dark chocolate and enjoying uh, cacao drinks for a long time. I think it was like, I didn't really expect uh, how profound actually the, the ceremony we went to together. Um, was it, was it Danielle? Was that her name? Yeah, yeah. Danielle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, she gave one, uh, gave a great ceremony, hosted a great ceremony. Um, that was about 2018, 2019. And yeah, I think we, we both came away kind of quite surprised by how profound that, you know, little gathering was and, and what it seemed to facilitate. Um, like cacao, we we know a little bit, like it's it's got some, like anandamide in it. It's got that amazing kind of bliss chemical in it. It has all these phytocannabinoids as well, some relationship to, 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 to the sorts of things we find in the head plant. It's got theobromine. Do you like, do you look at those things when in, in relation to your cacao? Is there like, do you look at like analysis of what's going on there or do you just trust what's within the chocolate to, or within the cacao, not the chocolate to, to, um, to bring your people to the, to the place you want to get them to. And does it change from harvest to harvest? Do you, do you have a different sensation when you, you know, 2021 versus 2022 are the two harvests that like there are obviously different ends of the year as well as different seasons. So there'd usually be different energies and connected to them. Do, do those things become, are they part of your, your world when it comes to cacao? Um, not really. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, for for me, she's really about the connection inward. She's really about the connection to the heart, um, the connection to others, to the collective, like her nutritional benefits and all the amazing compounds she has in her. Yeah, they're important, but I don't drink her for those reasons. Um, to me, that's just a bonus. And I wouldn't have focused on those aspects of the cacao plant and the spirit of cacao when working with her and introducing her to others. Um, people would ask, and of course, I would give answers as to, you know, as to confirm, yes, these things are in there. Yes, this is part of why you feel this experience. Like scientifically, they say that the heart with a ceremonial dose of cacao, which is two ounces approximately, um, the heart expands by 30%, like physically expands by 30% because of the increase in our blood flow from the theobromine and the other compounds that cacao causes to be released from our brain. That's an so amazing it's an energetic thing. And I mean, you guys know from your practices, like our energy is connected to our physical, they're intertwined, they're not separate. Um, so like it's scientifically proven, like it's not just energy, it is physical and yes, they have to be connected. Like that's a powerful thing. Yeah. They're always, cause that's a really interesting point to make as well, because I think you hear a lot in the cacao space that cacao is heart opening. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for people who are in our world, um, you know, especially in the yoga world, we talk a lot about heart opening yoga and heart opening poses. And we understand what we mean by that phrase, but for people who aren't in that world and they hear it, they're like, heart opening that sounds super woo woo but when you hear it like that 
you also understand that if you are not in that world, it really makes physical sense. Like it is literally yeah, opening yeah. your heart and the channels to your heart. And and no wonder then that it sits in this aphrodisiac place mm. where there's this, you know, you're talking about connection to yourself and connection to community. And of course, when you're more connected to yourself and your heart is open, you're naturally going to be more connected to your partner or to your lover or to other people. We were reading some um, interesting facts about cacao before we came on today. And um they were saying that Montezuma, the Aztec emperor, used to have 50 cups of hot chocolate or cacao before yeah. ever visiting his harem to help with his libido and his energy. Um, and Alan Hirsch um, in his research center found that, scientifically found that just the scent of chocolate, just even the smell of chocolate causes an increase in penile blood flow, which is pretty interesting because we yeah. talk about it being an aphrodisiac but if actually just even the smell of it increases the blood flow down there we know that if the blood flow to our genitals are working really well everything's going to be working really well everything's going to feel nice and open it's kind of useful to think of in terms of yeah. bringing a different aspect into your loving and into those practices around romance right? and, and, as, and like you said cacao traditionally is being used as like part of a ceremony as opposed to necessarily the focus of the ceremony itself so it's part of like whether it's sexual ceremony or whatever it is with your partner like it makes a lot of sense to like to apply it in so many things actually in so many parts of life right yeah no absolutely um and you know leading up to that because you know we're having this chat and it's leading up to valentine's day and we're talking about the heart of me you just mentioned like you know increasing sexual pleasure with your partner and it being an aphrodisiac what I found also with it is it's really great for connecting to yourself. You know, not everybody has a partner um, to share romantic love with. So one thing I think that is really important about Ceremony Cacao is that she really helps us connect to connect to the love within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that lends to helping us achieve greater self-pleasure. So, you know, you can, it, she can be an aphrodisiac for ourselves. Um, as well, which I think is so, really self-pleasure first. We literally just finished recording a podcast about that as well. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. did you? Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, because I remember there were so I had so many Valentine's days that I was single and no dates or anything. And it was like, you know, I think one day I finally was like, you know, I'm just gonna celebrate myself and I'm just gonna love myself. And in fact, I didn't say that at the beginning when you asked about how cacao came into my life, why I was on a healing journey mm. is because I was told I wouldn't be able to have children. Wow. So I was, I was facing that question of the human experience, like, will I never be a mother? So that's how cacao came into my life. It was the fertility aspect for me. Um, and like I was a lawyer before um, working in a corporate job in the IFSC. Anyhow, through the help of cacao and other plant medicines, I gave up that job and said I, I could not go back. And what a year later after traveling, meeting the plant, um, coming back to Ireland, doing a couple of cacao ceremonies, sharing cacao with other people. Um, I had a cacao ceremony in Wicklow and my husband walked in. And usually at my ceremonies, it's mostly women who come to these ceremonies because a lot of people, if you hear about ceremonies from someone, there's people cry, there's crying, right? There, there's often tears. And that's because it's an emotional release. The ceremony cacao is helping us to release the stuff that we're holding on to, the tension in our bodies. That's emotional stuff. It comes out in tears and some people are embarrassed of that. Nothing to be embarrassed about. We've got, got to let it go somehow, you know? 
Um, so it was mostly women who would come to my ceremonies. And every now and then there'd be one man. Like there was usually a token man at the ceremony, somebody's husband or Looking friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah, Everywhere. I had a dad come with his daughter once. That was amazing. And yeah, it was really cool. Um, he was in his 70s and he sat in a chair and set him on the ground with us. It was, yeah, that's a story for another time. The masculine energy came in big. There was a fire, there were two fires and the ceremony ended with someone's car outside the window playing Johnny Cash's The Ring of Fire. What? Not that's kidding. Wild. Not kidding. And we went around the circle and shared after. And usually people are like, oh, I was connecting to my maternal energy. My grandmother came in because cacao is, a, is known as a feminine spirit and really connects us to Mother Earth and that feminine energy and our own fertility, heart, womb connection, you know? But this ceremony, everyone's going around like, my late dad was here. My uncle, great, 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 great uncle, like he was there. And this is so weird. I never connect with him. And I'm like, we had a fire. We had two fires. Some, la some ladies, the sage, put this lady's oh, wow. on fire. Yeah, fire alarm went off during the thing at the beginning. Thankfully, some people just thought it was the music because the music was loud. It was crazy. And then in the end, an incense fell into a candle and exploded. <laughs> and then it ends with ring of fire. Everyone's talking about their 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 paternal energy coming in, their grandpas and their ex-boyfriends and stuff. Oh. And then we get around to the dad who is there. And he's like, Sure, I put my dad's. I don't, what is it called? The eulogy card, right? Yeah. He said, I, I put my dad's eulogy card in there. Because so I was like, How is all this male energy coming in? And he said, I put my dad's eulogy card in the altar space. And I'm like, Whoa, boom. Like, maybe that was it. Or maybe it was a bunch of things. I don't know. But it was like all fire, all yang male sun energy. Yes. Okay. So I, it was the day after the summer solstice of 2019 and it was like a beautiful sunny day in Ireland. Like it was, it was a gorgeous weekend and I actually didn't want to be going indoors to hold a ceremony, to be honest. I was like, I just want to be outside. It's so beautiful. Um, but, you know, we'll go outside after the ceremony or whatever. Long story short, I'm setting up for the ceremony, right? And I always would see the guest list, like who was coming. And I didn't see, I saw one man's name on there. That was fine. Um, I'm in the bathroom after setting up the space. The cacao is brewing. And I come out from behind the screen. It was in Casey King's studio, Lydia. You know Casey. Um, yeah. This was no longer there now. But um and there's this man, this beautiful man, but like not even a man, just a being standing in the middle of the circle. And I'm like, and the, we didn't start for like another 30 minutes. He was early. And I'm like, hi. And the thought that came in my mind was, what is he doing here? But I've never seen him before. So I'm like, why did I just say, what is he doing here? I don't know who he is. But it was like a real familiarity of, like I knew him somehow, but on some level, I did know him. Past life, whatever it was, but I didn't have time to go into all that at that moment. I had to prepare for like 20 some odd people coming in. 
And um, so I got him comfortable and sat down. And of course, throughout the ceremony, like I'm trying to give everyone individualized attention because I would go around with sound bowls and give some healing and um, use a, aromatherapy or whatever was needed. Um, and like my energy kept going to him, you know, and I'm like, no, stop. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a sexual attraction, you know, like when you see someone, you're like, oh, wow, he's really attractive or she's really attractive. And I wonder what they're like. It wasn't like that at all. It was something completely different, like a knowing, like I know this person, but how? Um, so the ceremony ended. Um, some friends of mine who were there, um, we were going to go out to eat afterwards. And I said I would just invite him, you know. I invited a few people. I was like, you know, we're going to go over here to go have some Indian if anybody wants to come. And he's like, oh, I'd love to. And I was like, yes. <laughs> more about this person and figure out. And before we walked out the door, we, we were all tidying up. He, he like caught me and he's like, I just got to give you a hug. Thank you so much for, for that ceremony. That was amazing. And I was like, yeah, thanks for coming. And so we hugged and he's like, so where do you live? And I'm like, oh, I live in Dublin, but you know, I'm looking to move out to Wickley. He's like, I have a room. You could move in with me. And I'm like, but it didn't seem weird that he invited me to live with him. It just seemed normal. It also didn't seem like just a random guy being like, I've got room for it. It was something different. So I'm like, you just asked me to move in with you. And he's like, well, I know that's where it's like, well, I have a dog, you know, my dog, Ananda, who's now with Erica. I said, I have a dog being delivered from Nepal because I was just there doing some charity work and studying Buddhism. And so I rescued a dog. She's going to be like coming on an airplane in just a couple of months. So, and he's like, oh, I don't, I don't really do dogs. I just bark a lot. I meditate a lot. And I was like, well, I definitely can't live there. And he's like, okay, you can bring your dog. And it was just like, we're having this conversation and it was so weird, but also so natural. So cut to the dinner. We're all sitting there having dinner. He sits across from me. He's chatting to my friend the whole time. And I had been manifesting a partner for like solidly for a year, not dating anybody, just like communicating with the universe. This is what I need. This is what I don't need. And the day before this ceremony and us sitting across from the table, um, I was in a little shop in Dublin getting some house plants. And it was the summer solstice. I wanted houseplants. And the man who was helping me was so kind and so knowledgeable about plants. And he had just such a beautiful energy. And I was like, you know what universe? I love plants, but I'm not very good at caring for them, especially indoor plants. So I said, he, like my person has to know about plants and like love to take care of them because I need them around me and I need them to survive we go back to us sitting across from the table from each other. And I hear him talking to my friend and he told her, I just planted 180 medicinal plants that are good for hormone health in my back garden. And I was like, boom, it's him. I know it's him. And six weeks later, we were pregnant naturally. I had gone through a major surgery the year, a year and a half before I had frozen my eggs still have them frozen in Dundrum. Um, I had looked at artificial insemination. I was going to become a mother all on my own. That didn't work out. So I reconsidered and um, yeah, met him 
at my cacao ceremony, six weeks later, pregnant naturally, total cacao relationship, baby, marriage, everything. So when you ask me, like, do I care about the nutritional properties of cacao? Of course, but also that's not what changed my life. Gotcha. I was going to ask you, did you have any like anecdotes or stories about how cacao had changed people's life? But I think that's, that's, the, most that's the most thing. profound story of all time. Uh, all time. <laughs> that's wild. That's really wild. I mean, think of anyone's listening and they're thinking like, how can I enhance Maybe my value? Yeah, 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 yeah. Experience. That Jesus, was, that's a phenomenal story. And there's a lot of like, so it's a, uh, interesting because I guess, I mean, you've obviously done a lot of work on manifesting as well around kind of that the, the interesting is i suppose manifesting outwards involves a real knowing inwards doesn't it that's what it has to be except know what you want and i guess that's the thing that cacao is really serving isn't it it's that kind of inward journey understanding yourself understanding your needs understanding what you your do's and don'ts and your shoulds and shouldn'ts or whatever it is um yeah, yeah absolutely and this is this is one thing she's really good for because it can it can be hard to get clear on what it is we want like I talk to so many people and that's one of their things like they want a partner or they want a new job or they want a new life you know but they don't know exactly what they want in that person or in that new life or in that new job and you need to know those things and working with ceremonial cacao she's really good at helping us get clarity yeah that's cool that's i mean that's that's a powerful powerful energetic connection you have with it amazing really amazing i'm like do you think if people are consuming cacao in any sort of less mindful way than a ceremony is it still doing them benefit or does it really have to be sit in ceremony in order to really listen and understand this thing no i i think i think she can be done both ways like for example for myself i don't i i have a small child I'm running around a lot running my own business also running a household that's why I drink my cacao out of a thermal cup now <laughs> because I actually don't have the time to sit for even five minutes every morning I try you know I do try but I don't often get that so what I do put my cacao in the cup drive to kindergarten and then I sit in the car for a few minutes and she's still warm you know um so yeah, I think I think it can be done both ways. I think what the important thing is is the intention behind why you're drinking. And that's what makes it meaningful. Um if if you're new to ceremonial cacao, I believe to really understand the connection you can have to this plant, it's a good idea to go to some ceremonies mm. because there whoever is holding the space, you're going to learn something about the about how to work with ceremony cow that you might not at home you know watching a video or listening to a podcast or reading in a book you know so that that is a suggestion i would make you can definitely have your own practice at home um but reach out to some facilitators and see what you can learn to enhance and deepen your practice at home cool great Okay. So you have this beautiful cacao brand and yes, you are going I, to stop exactly, this recently. That was where I'm going. Yeah, so very, very exciting. Uh, we are about to stop your lovely Magic Earth cacao, your Guatemalan and your Peruvian varieties. And so they'll be stocked in our shop, I think, well, hopefully within the next few days. We're also yes. doing a little giveaway, right? Yes, yes. 
So one of our viewers or listeners is going to be able to get what is this? What's a starter pack? I think is what you were talking about. Yeah, we call it the starter bundle. So you get, I'm sorry, I wish I had a picture in front of me. So you'll get a half pound bar of the Peruvian and a half pound bar of the Guatemalan, which is around. Wow. They have different energies and different flavors. And you will also get a digital, we'll need an email address for whoever this special listener is uh, because they'll get a digital version of the Cacao Magic Journal. It has 17 consciousness prompts to help us learn how to work with cacao at home and deepen mm. our practice. And okay. The reason it's digital is so that we can save trees and it's much Beautiful. cheaper. Makes much more sense. So in order to qualify for this lovely giveaway, what we're going to ask you guys to do is either whether you're on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube, you guys need to like and comment below and, 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 and review the podcast. And what we'll do is we'll pick at random from everybody who does that. And we will nominate that before the end of this week so that you can get your cacao, uh, hopefully in time for Valentine's Day. Very exciting. Wow. So exciting. Thank wow. you so much for joining us, Madeleine. It's been so nice to hear your stories and to hear more about the magic of cacao. And it's making me really want to go just make some cacao and sit in ceremony. Now. Exactly. Yeah, ditto. Sit in sauna ceremony. Why not? Exactly. Um, so, yes, and on, on segue, sauna ceremony, speaking of such, um, we just have to thank our sponsors for um, for this, uh, uh, supporting what we do. Uh, so we have Clearlight, a fantastic infrared sauna partner. Um, so thanks to them. If you guys have any sort of, you know, want or draw towards you know, sitting and sweating in ceremony, maybe with cacao in there as well, uh, come and talk to us. We can give you discount codes and give you all the giddy juicy details of 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 why sauna can be good for you and how you can get the best out of it and we can help you do the installation all that sort of fun stuff so and then also we have our own lovely wandering into wellness clothing brand so the wandering into wellness project.com is where you can go if you want to pick up our organic cotton clothing brand uh, we have just a few pieces left designed in partnership with a bulgarian artist printed here in dublin all in organic cotton like you say from just a handful of farms uh, really nice quality stuff good things to wear when you're outdoors sitting on the side of a hill sipping your cacao from your thermos perhaps um Mandalay, thank you so much that was such an amazing share and we've learned so much um and, and yeah hopefully uh, our, our listeners i'm sure will have as well and people will be double double dosing cacao no doubt based on your testimonials so thanks a million cheers for watching thank guys thank you so much you guys thank you and thank bye. you to everybody watching and listening bye